In the name of one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. How are we doing on this uh, fine October morning? It's curious, who is familiar with the sports program, Pardon the Interruption? Anybody? Well, if not, we're not going to spend a lot of time there, but it is a show that I currently like to watch, and last week they were debating a question, which I think lends itself to our looking at Hebrews this morning in the sermon. The question the group of panelists were discussing and arguing was, and I know this is contextual per the sport you were watching, but across the board they were talking about what is more important in a sporting game the way the team comes out the first five minutes, or the way they perform the last five minutes. And if we were to ask that same question to the author that wrote the epistle to the Hebrews, I think that person would say, well, the way I wrote that letter, it's the first five minutes. I will return to that, but I wanted to give you a little context on why we're talking about and into the epistle to the Hebrews. Today, we begin as we enter chapter one in the lectionary cycle of readings, uh, a focus for several Sundays to come on the epistle to the Hebrews. And talking with Joe as we were looking at that turn in the uh, lectionary calendar, we thought on the se- today and the several Sundays to come that we would focus in on the Hebrews for our sermon time. So today begins us into that journey of really looking into, for the next several weeks, the book and the epistle to the Hebrews. And wanted to give you just a simple context of Hebrews about what we're talking about um, so it helps us as we are informed by the author and the letter to the Hebrews. We don't, as you heard me say, the author of the Hebrews, it is debated by theologians and biblical scholars who actually wrote the letter to the Hebrews. Some argue Paul, some argue Barnabas. There, there are several names that are thrown out there as to who wrote, or combination of names, who wrote this epistle to the Hebrews. So we don't actually know who wrote it, but we do know that they had a love for the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. And the crowd that it is written to has come upon hard times. The Jews had known persecution and suffering and heartache, and they had begun to grow frustrated and to just be very angry about that. And the author of Hebrews is writing, showing honoring the old tradition as well as where we should go um, to the Hebrew people, encouraging them and informing them that not to lose heart through this persecution and oppression that you are going through, but remember Christ crucified. And that is the heart of who wrote this epistle that we begin to look at and the crowd who he is writing to. And so I go back to that intro, the first five minutes or the last five minutes. What is the most important? And if we had the author right here and I asked them that question, what's the most important in your entire writing to the Hebrews? That author would most definitely say the first five minutes. As you hear that read, Hebrews, the opening line of it this morning is long ago. 
God spoke. There is no greetings, my friends, no real kind of introduction before the meat. We begin with the meat of it right here in the beginning. Long ago, God spoke. And that sets us up for kind of a three point. There are so many places and things just in the first three to four verses that we could spend an entire teaching series on. But for our time this morning, we're going to focus on these three things. That God spoke. Point two, that God spoke in and through Jesus Christ. And the third, what the actual spoken revelation and message actually is and how it affects us today. So those are our three points. God spoke, God spoke through Jesus, and the actual message and what it means for us today. As we go back to that opening line, long ago, God spoke. It tells us, and remember who the crowd is, that this is written to the Jews and their long history that they have. And as we go a a little further into that verse one that we have, it says, God spoke in many different ways through the prophets. And what that sets us up for is saying even before creation and into creation, and as the Old Testament in its entirety continues to tell the story and unfolds, what we have is through various men and women, through the prophets, um, little breadcrumbs, if you will, that are bringing us up to Jesus being born, living, dying, and rising again. What that is, is scripture in its wholeness is painting the picture in the Old Testament, especially what we're hearing in Hebrews this morning, that scripture is like a paint by number. And little by little, through the prophets and through God revealing himself, the picture is being painted. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, the picture is full and we see it in its completeness. And that's what the first point is telling us, that God spoke. Little by little, we're getting breadcrumb of breadcrumb up until Jesus coming on the scene. And then his life and death and resurrection speaks to us in a new way. And that brings us to that second point. God spoke. Before creation, into creation, sustaining all life up to the point of Jesus. Jesus coming on brings in the new covenant. And what we are told is God speaks in and through Jesus. And up until that point, through all the prophets, God has used several ways and people to be his spokespersons. And yet, in Jesus, I don't know if you noticed the language right there in the beginning, God spoke, past tense, and then Jesus had purified all of our sins, past tense. That is on purpose. Jesus coming on the scene, being born as the child, and then all of his life, his death, and his resurrection, that was God's final Revelation. Up until this point, we have heard it has come in little bits and little pieces, but Jesus is God's final and unfiltered word of sanctification and salvation for all of us. We hear in the beautiful language 
that Jesus is the exact imprint of the being of God. As this was written to a time and a place and a certain people, the imprint on a coin became very important in Roman and the Hebrew civilization as the Caesars and everybody who was in power, that was a great big thing to get their identity, their personhood put onto a coin. The author of Hebrews uses that imagery and puts it on Jesus. Jesus is that imprint of perfection and power in the human form, fully God and fully man, the imprint of the being of God. And in that, there's those breadcrumbs that have come to Jesus. He's outlaid his plan of salvation. Every breadcrumb, every revelation in the Old Testament we have from the prophets has been pointing to the cross of Christ and his resurrection. And in that, we have personal and intimate revelation in the person of Christ, in his life, death, and resurrection. We see in that event, which we still lean on, the foundation of that for our spiritual lives today, that revelation. The breadcrumbs have come, and in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, the final message of salvation. Now that's point three. What do we do? What is that actual message as we go through just the first three lines that we have in Hebrews today? We know the gospel message of Christ all too well. We may not be able to identify with first and second century Jewish, the Hebrew people, that this was written to. But as we know, as our country in the last two weeks has been into different forms of oppression and suffering, as we probably watched riveted by would he be elected Supreme Court justice or not? And what does this mean for the Me Too movement? We probably chose a side. Or that probably hit home with us so much that we wanted nothing to do with it because it brought up too painful of a past. This is all too obvious to us that even though we may not know what those go through, the similar things that the Jews, the Hebrew people that this is written to went through today, we still know what oppression, what suffering what all of that looks like, it is sin. And as we remember, as we read in the Hebrews today, God came. Jesus came, God spoke, God spoke through Jesus, and then he came to purify our sins. From that moment, we are wiped clean as followers of his. Every sin from the beginning of time to what, how we sin today, to everything in the future was covered by the cross of Christ. And as we go further into Hebrews, we hear that we were justified, wiped clean the very moment Jesus died and rose again. And we continue our spiritual lives being sanctified, being made into that image of Christ, being Christ-like. 
That is the promise that we continue to live into. So whether you are that first or second century Jew that heard this Hebrew reading in its entirety right then, or you realize oppression and heartache and sin today, and that Jesus paid the price, that God's wrath was poured out on him on the cross so that we would have hope, that we would not have to live into our sinful natures. That's just the first three verses of Hebrews. The next couple of weeks, we're going to get into faithfulness and the priesthood of Jesus and several other themes. But we will constantly come back to these first three verses, which we talk about this morning. The superiority of God and Jesus Christ over all other things. Through God speaking, through God speaking through Jesus and through the actual gospel message of grace through faith, that's where we hang our hat as we march into the rest of the Hebrew message. Thanks be to God for his superiority and his grace and his forgiving, redeeming love to us all. In his holy name, amen. Amen.